Hi, everybody. We're recording. I, I'm never sure when I press that button over there if it's recording or not. Uh, and I always have this nightmare that uh, I didn't hit it and we're going to do this wonderful interview uh, and, and then it's not there. So, it like it's recording on my end. Then we're good. Yeah. So, welcome to Conversations with Calvin, We the Species. This today has been a long time setting up, uh, and, and I'm with Jeff Dewar uh, from RU Financial, and the topic and headlines of this conversation uh, is women in finance, and there's some really interesting things that we're going to discover about the whole concept of women in finance, because Jeff is in finance, so that is going to be the essence of, of this particular conversation. And uh, I was, uh, I don't get paid to plug LinkedIn, but uh, it's through the, the, the intricacies and synchronicities and the commonalities of LinkedIn that Jeff and I got together. And then we found other commonalities. And I'm, I'm done with my intro. So Jeff, uh, why don't you say hello and do a little bio, and then we'll kind of jump into. Sure. sure. Well, well, Calvin, it's it's a pleasure to be here with you. You know, and uh, you know, like you said before, we were connected through LinkedIn, which is one of the things that you, the both of us, enjoy being part of. And through joint connections, you know, we are able to see each other, meet each other, and uh, and here here we are today. You know, uh, but the idea of women, women in finance is. It's, uh, it's an important thing for us as a firm. You know, we, we, are, we are looking for, you know, the right type of people, uh, women uh, who have strong personalities, who really want to make an impact in other people's lives, you know, and, and be in a business that's, that they can call their own. So uh, it, it's a unique, unique situation and uh, a great position for someone to be in. Um, as far as myself, you know, I, I, I'm born and bred in New Jersey. And uh, I, I grew up in Caldwell, not too far from Rutgers. And I have a story to tell you about, you know, I wanted to go to Rutgers, but things didn't work out that way. And uh, I went to the University of Maine and uh, I majored in psychology. And uh, I played varsity football there and had a great time. And by no means did I think I was going to be in the financial industry, you know, when I graduated. Um, but there, there's a whole story behind that, that as well. But I've been in the industry now for, um, I'm going on uh, my 33rd year wow. of being in the financial industry. Came into it right out of college in uh, 1988, you know, so, so it's been quite some time. Um, but, you know, when I, I was in high school and in college, my thought was I was going to be a, uh, a guidance counselor in high school. That was the plan. Wow. As well as, as a football coach. That was the plan because my high school football coach was extremely influential in my life. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have gone on to play football, you know, in, in college. And once I got to college, my two position coaches, the one who brought me there, and then another one who came afterwards, if it wasn't for those two men, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Wow. And uh, they were very, very influential. So I thought being you know, in, in the sporting world, right? And, and in a high school guidance counselor, I could go back and give back to, to the young men and women in the high school and college world 
and impact their lives like they impacted mine and help them, you know, in, in their future. But it didn't work out that way. And uh, somewhere along the line, somebody tapped me on the shoulder when I got out of college and said, you should be in the, in the financial world. And, and I, I, I kind of looked at them funny because I used to kid around and say, listen, I, I majored in football, but I got a degree in psychology as a joke. But then when they say, well, I say the financial world, so without a calculator, sometimes I, I, I can't even add, let alone be in the financial world. I kind of kidding around. And they're like, well, that has nothing to do with it. You know, it's, not your, it's not your education. It's your personality, your drive, your willingness to help other people. And that's where I got impact other people's lives forever. They said, that's what you do in the financial world. You know, so I, I said, that sounds pretty neat. You know, let's, see, let's learn more about it. And I went into the interview process of multiple financial companies. And I came across one company who started to tell me all the things I wanted to hear. You know, if you want to coach, we have a very independent schedule that you can go out and coach, do the things you know, once you're up in money. Um, if you want to impact other people's lives, you can work with parents and help them get their kids to save money and plan for education. And if you want to be a leader and build a team, you can get involved with management in the financial world and build and, build and grow your own organization and impact their lives. And then they can go out and impact many other people's lives. So when I heard that story, Calvin, I'm like, I'm in. I don't know what you guys really do yet, but I'm ready to do that because all the things I want to do, it sounds like I can do that in business. So June 1st, 1988 was my first day on the job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a long, long history there. But that's how I got into it. Wow, so interesting. You know, uh, this is completely off topic, uh, and it's to praise and and in in a small way, um, I have to I have to express this, but um, you know, people uh, people don't think of things far ahead of, of time, and and because I had my wife and I had some decent financial planning, and and people don't. I don't know what it is with young people, kids in college, and and the whole notion of financial planning is a million miles away, and and I don't know if I'm. If I'm telling you, so of course you know that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, in my own way, the world that we're living in now. If we didn't have guidance, yeah, uh, and 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 a lot of this guidance didn't come early when it should have. No. So when I'm when I'm your world is so key. Yeah. And people just don't, you know, people just don't think about that i don't think they they think about um final resting places things like that you know uh but it's so it, it you know the smart the whole notion of financial planning which became more part of our lives years ago has put us in a place so what you do is so vital it's important well calvin to that point there's two stories I typically tell when it, to, the, to exactly what you're talking about. Hi. I meet a, I meet a lot of people who are in their 50s, right? And they usually are in one of two stories. One of them, they'll start to say, you know what, I'm, I'm 55. I don't have enough of this. I haven't planned for that. I haven't done this. I'm not ready for that. I don't know what to do, right? 
Then I meet another, the other people in their 40s who say, I mean, in their 50s, 55 and up, who say, you know what? I have this. I plan for that. Like you just said, I've taken care of this. I'm in a good position. And those are typically the ones who say, you know what? I started doing this when I was in my 20s. The ones who get to 55 and up who haven't had all that done are the ones who always say, I wish I would have started doing this when I was in my 20s. You know, so to get the message across to the younger generation now, it's, just, it's so important because when they're 22 to 25, they can't see 40 years. Correct. They're too worried about the weekend. Correct. So uh, it's very important. Yeah, it sure is. Um, in the op- Well, we're going to talk about. Um, so I, I guess next logically uh, is, is for you to talk about uh, are you financial? And- yeah kind of describe it and, and put some yeah it's a it's a, it's a it's a great story to tell I'm, I'm very proud of it Calvin um but it, it wasn't part of the plan it kind of just happened right um about 10 years ago I, I I've always tried I'm very partial to college athletes men or women you know just because I know the effort they put in and I always wanted to recruit and talk to the Rutgers athletes right now are you financial uh, the name, the actual name is Are You Financially Strong, right? We're not affiliated with Rutgers. We do a lot of work over there, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but we go by Are You Financial? And about 10 years ago, I was introduced to somebody, just like you and I were introduced. I was introduced to somebody who was affiliated with the Rutgers Athletic uh, Program. And they were building a, building a new program to help educate the athletes on different types of topics and concern. And we met and we talked about one of the programs I had I put together was financial literacy for college athletes. So it, it was perfect. I ended up speaking to the football team, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then as time went on, they started to ask me to come back to work with um, how to interview, you know, help the kids interview, do mock interviews. I was on career panels, all kinds of things in the athletic program which was great. So I was able to impact the, the student athletes at Rutgers. But then as one or two meetings would, keep, would progress, then a professor from the business school happened to be there. And they said, boy, these, these, these ideas will probably be helpful to the students at, at the, in the business school. Can you come give the speech to those guys or the talk? I said, sure, no problem. So I started spending some time as a guest lecturer in the business school over at Rutgers. And I would bring my team over there too. And we would talk about different financial related topics. And the years started to go by and, and we were impacting the students over there. But then somebody from the pharmacy school happened to get word of it and said, can you come over to the pharmacy school and speak to the students over there? So sure, I'm not gonna say no. I'm like, this is great. The more people we can speak to and help and impact the better. So we started speaking to the, to the pharmacy school students. And at the end of one of the sessions with the pharmacy school students, one of the professors said, you know, this is great for the students, but, you know, I think the professors could use some help too. Can you work, can you talk to and work with us? And we're like, of course, we'd, we'd love to. So that's where the, the aha went off, right? And what happened was as we started to work with more, more of the professors, we found a common theme a common problem or roadblock that many of them were having. It was on the New Jersey state pension system. We have nothing to do with it, right? We're not part of it. We don't make any recommendations on it. 
But we found out that many of the professors weren't comfortable with how to make the right choices, what, you know, what were the providers, you know, how does it work, how much money do they put in, does the school put in? It was a very convoluted, complicated system. And they started asking us, can we help them figure that out? So that's where you know, the, the, the big aha went off where now there's 30,000 Rutgers faculty and staff members, give or take, in the school. How can we help them? How can we impact them along with helping the students, right? As well as educating the students, well, how can we impact the, the professors? So that's how that started. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, we're, we're getting referred in to speak to many hundreds of professors at Rutgers now, mm -hmm. as well as every year I'm back on campus speaking to the athletes. Then my ultimate goal, my greedy side, if we look for a greedy side is what I call it, you know, is how many athletes or Rutgers students can we hire? If, if you know, I call that a greedy side. I wanna hire them. I wanna bring them in onto our team. I want them part of our organization. That's my way of giving back to the school as well as how can I tap someone on the shoulder and say, you, you can work at our firm. So over the last 10 years, Calvin, we've, we spent time you know, working in, in the athletic department. We've spent time working in, in the traditional student, different student areas, as well as the faculty and staff, educating them on financial literacy and, and, and uh, issues, concerns, as well as what's going on in their own personal financial world. And that's, that's where we're at today. Okay. Now we take a, a, a deep breath and we address the, the main uh, headline uh, in this video title, Women in Finance. So why, why, uh, and we talked about this before we went on air, why is finance such a special opportunity for women in, in business and, and I guess the, the stat is 95% of the financial world uh, is men. Yeah, yeah. Why you is know, that? Why is that at this stage uh, of our lives approaching yeah. 2021? Right. Well, I think, Calvin, the reason why it's 95% you know, male-dominated is, is, is because part of the, the startup, what it takes to come into this business. Not that men are any better at it, trust me, I'm not saying they are. Uh, it's just the traditional lifestyle of the average family, right? It, it's tough for the, the, the married wife uh, to leave the household for 50 to 60 hours a week to start an entrepreneurial job if there's going to be children involved, right? It, it, traditionally, what we see is that, you know, the, 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 if it's financially feasible, the mother stays home to take care of the kids. So to, to come into this industry with two children at home or one child or five children, it's difficult because the amount of time it takes. Because this is an entrepreneurial job, Calvin. Uh, like I said before, it's 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. And you're on the go to build and to grow and to develop your career. It's not like I used to these other part-time things like the pampered chefs and those kind of stuff. It's not, I mean, this is a career. It's not a part-time thing to do for a couple of dollars. This is for someone who's looking to build, you know, a, a substantial income, a substantial career. But it's for those who want to impact other people's lives too. That's the hook. That is really what we do. And when we find the right people, male or female, who have that same desire, Calvin, to, to help other people, 
you know, it's, it's a win-win, you know? And, and there's three things that we say that we, we um, look for in a person is courage. Do they have the courage to do, to go outside their comfort zone to be in this business? And from, from what I see from women, women are, they're extremely courageous across the board with some of the things many of them have accomplished and are willing to do. For example, becoming a mother. You, you, you know, you need to be very courageous to become a mother. Um, and, and then you, we, we look for somebody who's coachable. Are they coachable? Are they willing to listen? Are they willing to learn? Right? And then the last thing is a work ethic. Do they have the work ethic of what it takes to be entrepreneurial, to build a business? It's not a nine to five job. If this is a job where the hours could be kind of crazy in the beginning. So do they have the work ethic and the discipline and the commitment to stick to the plan? Um, so, but as far as looking for women, we struggle. I'll be the first one to admit it. We struggle trying to find, you know, women who want to come into our industry. But the one, the women that we do have at our firm, Calvin, they are phenomenal. They, they do an outstanding job. And some of them started out as, as college kids, college grads, um, be, became mothers, got married, became mothers, you know, and continued to grow and to develop. But there's other ones that we've hired uh, that due to the family responsibilities and requirements, they would have to, to leave to go to be home to take care of the, the children. So it, it was a struggle for them. Um, so this, this position, this, this field is, is really phenomenal spot for what I would call a back to work mother, you know, a back to work mom who maybe the kids are 13, 14, 18, I don't know, out, out of the house or not out of the house, but, you know, not as dependent on their parents anymore. And, and the moms who had a career prior to having children now want to get back into the professional corporate world, first, but they don't want that nine to five corporate job where they're stuck to a desk. They're looking for something with some independence where they can run their own schedule. Uh, they can control their own income. They can work as much as they want, as often as they want, and earn as much as they want. You know, but the biggest thing, Calvin, is they can impact. I know I've said this before, but they can impact other people's lives. Really it, and change their lives forever financially. Yep, really impact. So this is, it's a whole, you know, it, it's funny when, as I'm listening to you, um, describing um, what it takes and, and why there aren't a, a lot of women and, and, and um, um, uh, with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg I, I jumped in to gather up as much as I could gather up about her life and, and this issue uh, uh, she was such a pioneer uh, in, in, in changing the gender equality laws because the notions that you just described were so powerful and so many laws back in the 50s and beyond uh, were written with the whole notion of a woman being at home yeah. and being the caregiver at home. And, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her whole her whole focus was that first case was was a man was a caretaker doing the work of a woman and, and he was denied uh he was denied um the the opportunity to get a caretaker's deduction right and he was a man 
Uh, and because all the laws never explored the idea of a woman getting out of the house. And it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg who came along and helped to change that whole notion. And, and that's what you're describing. Right. Uh, right. And that's what I'm thinking about it. And then of course, there's a tie into Rutgers because she was able to do what she did because she was a professor at Rutgers Law School. I had to get that plugged in. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so this all makes so much sense. What you're talking about the opportunity. Yeah. So uh, to to take a, a little bit of a, a a deep breath because this has been a little on the heavy side. Uh, I, I want to go off topic a little bit. Sure. And, and throw something at you uh, in, in, in the sports world parlance. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Okay. You. I had to get sports in there. So anyway, uh, I always like to ask this. Uh, uh, and I'm, here it is. Uh, excluding a family or friends. Excluding family or friends. Somebody living or dead that you'd like to spend the day with during the pandemic in the sports world no any world it's just anybody i mean you can pick one or two whatever it's just somebody you'd like to spend a day with no family friends uh well you know what i've been i've over the last let's say 10 years of my life calvin i've become an avid reader and uh i i read a lot in the motivational side self-help side and and there's a couple of authors that who I've connected with, that if I could spend a day with them, would be phenomenal. One is John Gordon. Uh, you ever heard of John Gordon? Mm -hmm, I haven't. And, uh, he, he's written a whole a whole slew of books. I'll see if I have one on my, my shelf over here. Um, but I, the other one is Darren Hardy. And uh, the one book that, uh, that I read that most recently from him is The Compounding Effect, which, you know, the two of them are, are, are phenomenal authors, motivational type speakers and and then just I, I would spend a month with them. Okay. Okay. That's great. All right, moving on. So uh here's the scenario. I'm a woman. Uh uh talk and you may have touched on this a little bit, but maybe go a little bit more into it. So I'm a woman talking about the realities of, of starting out and the three to five months of, of amazing sacrifice that's needed. And uh, in, in does it work? Uh, I mean, in the real world, I mean, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice. Um, so just give a picture of what it would be to start out. Yeah. To start out in this business, again, it's just, it's just like opening up your own, your own business. The difference is you don't do it by yourself. I always say we, we literally hold your hand until you're ready to let go. Uh, but in the beginning, it takes about, you know, three to five months to get the momentum going, meaning you have to get licensed to do what we do. There's a number of licenses you have to pass. And then you have to get the advertising out. You, know, you have to start reaching out to people. You have to start shaking hands with people. You have to start getting the first meeting, the second meeting, and then they become clients over time. So it takes about three to five months to get that momentum going. And I, I, the, the example that I use all the time, Calvin, it's like a locomotive, right? To, to get a locomotive going, man, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And, and it starts out really slow and it gets going, it gets going. But once it gets up to full steam and full speed, you can't stop it. It just, it takes, it just takes a life of its own. And saying that's how our business works. Once you get it up and running and it's, you got the momentum going, you're like your own locomotive and 
can't stop. It just continues to grow and to develop. But those first three to five months, it's, it's a lot of it's sacrifice. It's time, it's effort, it's energy, and there's no money coming in. The, yes. the yes. challenge, that is the challenge, you know. But if, if, if people have the ability to overcome and jump over those hurdles and continue to persevere and push through, their financial future is it's very, very bright, very bright. You, you gave that analogy. I, I use the analogy all the time uh, uh, when you're trying to talk about energy and, and commitment and dedication. Uh, I, I talk about a, a rocket ship when it's launched mm -hmm. to lift that rocket ship just one foot off the launching pad requires more energy than the rest of the trip just to get it up like one foot. It's the same thing as, as you said. So, um, uh, if you could elaborate on this, uh, um, it's like a, a U.S. Uh, it's like the U.S. Marines slogan. Looking, uh, your your slogan could be like the U.S. Marines. You're looking for a few good women. Yeah. Well, you know that's that is so true, Calvin. Is the there's a certain type of woman that so we'll succeed in this business. Like I said before, courageous, coachable, work ethic. Um, but we're looking for leaders. We're looking for women who want to be leaders in, in the firm, who want to be leaders amongst the team, who want, who want to be leaders among, amongst other women and want to help us build and grow the organization, you know, and, and hire and attract, you know, additional women into the firm to grow and to develop them. Um, and it, 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 it's, a, I think leadership is, it can be taught as well as you're born with it, but, you know, sometimes people don't know they have it until they're told, you know, for example, if I go back to myself, you know, 30 something years ago, no one, I, I had no idea about this business, but somebody just pat me on the shoulder and said, Hey, this is something you should think about. So if, if I can get the opportunity just to talk to as, as many, um, young women or, 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 you know, back to work moms, or I, there's no real age limit, you know, about this opportunity. And, and maybe it is the right fit for them. I mean, we're not right for everybody. Nobody is. Um, but it, I'd love to have the opportunity to, to speak to those, have that desire to, to be in the financial related world and, uh, and change other people's lives forever. Financially. This, this, Part of it has been has been fabulous. I, I um, as I mentioned, I'm on the the Women's Health Institute at Rutgers, Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. I'm on the advisory committee, so these uh, issues are so important to me, and and um, I, I've been thrilled on, on this whole journey of having met you and, and listening to this, and uncovering this great opportunity. And, and, you know, and, 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 and for me, it's like, wow, we're, you know, 95% uh, uh, men and there's so much opportunity here. Um, and, and you're addressing that. And I think that's great. So uh, as we kind of wind down, I have a burning question to ask you, because we've talked about this. Um, how did you Jeff Dewar becomes such a huge Rutgers football fan. That's a long story, Calvin, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, sh a short version. Okay. Uh, when, when I was in high school, 
I was recruited by a lot of schools, smaller schools, to play college football. But Rutgers is where I wanted to go. Now, Rutgers wasn't that good at the time, okay? And I had I had this notion, I, let's say, let's, instead of saying notion, have an ego. I had this ego that, hey, if you would just take me, I can help turn this program around. Wow. I can help you guys win. Wow. That, that was that was my ego. Wow. Well, Rutgers at that time, guess what? They didn't want me. You know, so I, I wasn't the right fit. That's okay. I wasn't the right fit for them, what they were looking for at that time. I was probably a little bit too small, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, I wanted to go there so bad. Um, but it didn't. I didn't go in that direction. But because of that, though, I was always a fan, you know, born in New Jersey, bred in New Jersey, watching Rutgers football all these years. Um, and when I went to school, came out of college, you know, and I, I just continued to follow the school, follow the team. Had, I know some guys that have played for over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years who have played there. And, and my daughter went there, you know, so I didn't hold the grudge. Hey, my daughter, I'm like, this, you know, they didn't want me, but hey, I wanted my daughter to go there because, you know, she wanted to be something local. She wanted a big school and she wanted a football program. I said, well, let's go to Rutgers. It'd be perfect, you know, and, um, you know, that's how it started. And that's where I, I got connected with the school. But, you know, 30 something years later, you know, I'm still a raving fan of the school. I, I support them. You know, I, I go to the games. I, I just want to see them succeed and win. And uh, all, all the sports, not just the football sure. team, but all sports sure. as well. Sure. And, uh, you know, we, we've had interns from the football team. We've had interns from the um, the, the uh, wrestling team is joining us this year. You know, so or I had a, someone from the rowing team for a little bit. You know, so the, the women's rowing team. So we're sort we're looking to you know to attract as many college athletes as we can from all sports. Um, but I think I was born a New Jersey guy. I was born a Rutgers fan, and I think I'll always be a Rutgers fan forever. Perfect, perfect, perfect. The same here. Uh, we talk about this a lot. Uh, our passion for for Rutgers and, and how it comes out and, and the energy. So, uh, we've done good, uh, Jeff. And, and just one last passing question uh, to ask you. Um, it's a Calvin Cerebral question. Um, if you could fill in the blank to this question, um, don't get scared. Okay. Uh, I'll so, make, it, make it a hard one. So it's a little, it's a little hard, you know. Why not? Uh, so anyway, be, before I leave this earth, it's heavy. Before I leave this earth, I, I won't be satisfied until I blank. Hmm. Well, that's a really good one. And, yeah, it's a good one. I think I think this this is. I don't have a, a specific, definite answer to that, but I'll give you a, a one that kind of is broad. Sure. Before I leave this earth, I want to impact as many people's lives as I can and change it forever financially. Perfect. That's the goal. That's perfect. That sums up our whole time together. And, and it's a great question because it kind of puts everything together and what you've been talking about. So uh, we're closing. And, and I cannot thank you enough for your time and your passion and your energy 
to spend some time here uh, this morning doing this, Jeff. And, and I'm so thrilled I met you. In, in, uh, uh, we're going to spread the word because uh, this is such a noble, wonderful cause in what you're doing. And, and I'm such a huge fan of what you do. And, and I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm not a poster boy, but wow, what I tell young people that there's no better time than right now to start thinking about this stuff. Because, yeah. you know, what happens one day you wake up uh, and, and, and you just got your, your first notification from AARP. Right. <laughs> I remember that day. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, it was a long time ago. I remember that that first. It, it was one of it was like one of the biggest. You know, it was this movie Moonstruck with Cher and Nicholas Cage. One of the that great scenes, and you bet when she slaps him in the face. One of the great scenes. It's yep. right underneath Red Butler. You know, saying frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, snap out of it. Well, when I got that thing from AARP, uh, uh, it was a slap in the face. Snap out of it. I'm there. Yeah. It's a big wake-up call. Yeah, it's a big wake-up call. So what you're doing is a is a big wake-up call, and and it's so critical and essential. So anyway, I thank you so much. Um, I, I wish you happy, a healthy New Year because this all fits in. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Calvin. This this has been a great experience for me. You know, and, and the more people we can reach out to and talk to and touch and communicate with and like I said become their financial superheroes you know and change their lives forever yeah. you know the more excited I get about doing what we do every day and then I wish you and all, all your readers and followers thank and listeners you know, a happy holiday season and uh, thank you for what you do because if it wasn't for you I wouldn't be sitting here well I appreciate that um, I, I do appreciate that I'm trying to find a little place for myself in, in my quote senior years so thank you, Jeff. Uh, happy, healthy, and um, to be continued. Same to you, Callan. Okay, you be well.